because there's really kind of like a dirge of um, composers speaking about composing. I think that the, you know, the art world is way ahead of the music world when it comes to um, explaining process. Um, and so I have read quite a bit, um, you know, certainly as a composer on writing and how you know that you are being consistent in honoring your original idea when you start to compose a piece, compose a song, and what are those kind of like those uh, touch points, you know, to keep you on track. So you might start with something and then you end up with something completely different and you lost and you diluted the idea that inspired you to write in the first place. Listen to the Vibes. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Listen to the Vibes. And I have to say I'm very excited, very honored to welcome Mr. Todd Cochran here. Now, he plays piano. He plays keyboards. He's a composer. He plays electronic music. And I mean, this guy's album is incredible. I enjoyed every bit of it. And we're going to get to know him and talk about the album. So let's kick this off right. Mr. Cochran, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, uh, one thing I can say, Kyle, is that I, uh, I I enjoy meeting new people, and certainly the people that I meet through the way that music connects people makes it even um, more special, more interesting, because we have that we have that wonderful starting point. And so, uh, so it's great to uh, to be here with you and uh, you know to have a conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, I have to say, uh, having a lot of musicians in the family, I, yes. I sometimes uh, pay attention to things in music that maybe most people don't. Of course, and I'm not an expert by any means, but um, I I do listen to music differently than what I did as a kid. Of course. And, uh, yeah, I noticed the influences in uh, your newest work, and I mean, there was like Oriental influence there. I noticed there was the uh, the Indian influence with sitar, and yes. uh, you had classical music, you had jazz music. There was, uh, I dare say, prog music in there. You know, yes. it it just. Uh, it came together so well. And some some of it, and I hope this doesn't sound offensive, but it sounded like no. you were composing music for a, a blockbuster movie or something. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. That means that it that it's communicating. And so that's not a bad association at all. I think that um I, I think that music has a pow- has the power to cut through, mm-hmm. um, meaning that um, it can give voice to things that um, may be unsayable in other in other ways. And so I always think about, okay, so music has the power to cut through, and we're giving voice, but what does it mean? Right. And so this 
album uh, really means um, that I'm at a point where I, I'm completely open to expressing the the influences um, that have formed me, uh, things that I have pursued uh, to the place of uh, understanding and playing authentically. And then with that, um, I have recognized and see the intersecting lines of that. And I feel to a greater degree, that's how our society is. That's how world culture is in an idealistic context. I think that um, it's not easy for uh, everyone to see ourselves joined in this very, very deep way. But uh, the, the truth is we are. Music has a way of breaking barriers and bringing people together. Yes. You know, I've, I've talked to people about this before. I mean, you look at the 50s when there would be, there would be venues with a, a rope right down the middle where you had white people on one side, people of color on the other side. That's right. And then all of a sudden they would just take the rope down. And everybody's dancing together. That's right. Because it didn't make any sense. Right. Why? Why? I mean, what, music's, what, what, music's right. supposed to be enjoyed by everyone. And people are people. And that's really something particularly like where we are, like this is a, you know, holiday weekend. We're celebrating you know, Juneteenth um, for, I guess it's the second or third year. Mm -hmm. and, and we just think about that and uh, that race continues to haunt us in this moment. I've always seen, again, music expresses those things that, that we know on a very, very deep le level. And it's just as what you said. I mean, what, what is the point? Um, you know, we, we understand that race is a construct. Um, it's, it's really not a natural thing. That's just something that occurred. I mean, it's just part of the whole uh, development of, uh, of commerce and uh, industry and these societal, uh, hierarchical, uh, things, uh, to that affects an ability to do business in a certain way. But I think all of us in the, in the deepest sense, understand that that's unnatural. We people, people who are different have always been attracted to each other. People have always been curious about what other cultures do, what other societies do, what their uh, beliefs, practices, how they celebrate, you know, how they experience each other and uh, something um, that I know we, we, we talked actually before we went, um, went live here, um, just family structure and mm -hmm. what that means. And so I tend to think of us uh, as I express it through the music as a, as a community mm -hmm. and, so that community is not a, uh, a community of where there are divisions within it because authentic community, everything is present within that. Everyone is there. You know, there's a, there's a balance, you know, that, that occurs within it, the balance of perspectives. Uh, because at the end of the 
they were, I think we're all looking, you know, for that place where we can, uh, you know, feel free about experiencing like who we are and certainly in the things that we do, uh, whether we're, you know, whether we're an artist or whether we are in any of the other very important uh, professions, you know, to be be able to express ourselves openly in that we're involved in the healing arts. If you in you know the medical field, if you are, yeah, I you know that's something I feel really, really, really strongly about. And um, surely a, a lot of it probably comes from just my orientation to the world, uh, having been born and, and raised in San Francisco. There's bands like the Beatles, the Who, the Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. go on and on, and they stayed relevant. They stayed successful for years and years and years. And right. I think the reason why is because they didn't stay in a bubble. That's right. They explored music. Um, I mean, you got sometimes it was heavy, sometimes it was soft, sometimes it would be classical sometimes it would be jazzy uh, you just you got such a variety and i noticed that in your album you, you weren't in a bubble on all those songs you got a little bit of everything so, yes and, and, yeah it is and that is uh, i think that is our pathway to growth and part of our natural evolution is to be curious about people who've had ex- whose experiences are different than ours, and it helps us to understand ourselves by by incorporating mm-hmm. those things. I mean, I could think you know, you you mentioned the, the the Beatles and things that they how vast the influences were, even to you know Stockhausen and his you know very, very experimental ideas, you know, became a part of, I, I forget which album it was, I think it was the White Album that he, uh, you know, was a part of. And actually he's on the cover of one of the albums. So I'm thinking, I think I'm wrong. So maybe my um, Beatles history is a bit off, but I'm, but I do feel very, very strongly about the representation of the life lives that we all live in in one way or another which is that of wanting to be certainly we have the need to be seen to be heard to be felt and Mm -hmm. that really brings it all together it really is I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look.
and you uh you played with automatic man yes being and well you played with a lot of different great artists but mm -hmm. you get out and you do your own thing so you're not tied down to that specific sound that the the band wants but yet you you brought some of their influence with you in the music right oh absolutely yeah um automatic man will always be a part of my dna the band came together at a time where i was really in a, a very much like a an accelerated growth cycle mm -hmm. um, because i came all of my formal training is in classical music mm -hmm. and then i was exposed to jazz and i just had to learn that language and so i did it by taking what i had learned from the theory and classical music and what i did was um i listened to records and i wrote down what i heard and that's how i learned the music and then i was very fortunate to have people who uh mentored me and and helped me to understand this language so i really learned jazz in a in the traditional way i i didn't come from like you know people learn it now in music schools in that and uh similarly i came into the world of rock and folk and r b in the same way mm -hmm. in that traditional way and with automatic man i uh brought together those experiences with the addition of a, you know, a, uh, an early high point of my involvement with electronic music, synthesizers and, uh, you know, electronically created sounds. And so I did that to um, create a dimension for the music, not just the, 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 the background, but it actually had uh, lead roles in the music um, in terms of melodies and things that you could sing along with uh, that were memorable, sing signature sounds. And it was really, really just completely engrossing to me because I was able to do things certainly like to, to orchestrate and also like set a sound design, give a give a sound to a to a piece of music. And so that was very, very uh, important to me. And integrating that with the guitars and uh, you know, and and the bass and the drums, and it was with uh, with Michael Shreve on drums, who was um, just you know the pr principal founding member of the band. He and I came together um, with uh, Pat Thrall mm. on guitar and um, Donnie Harvey on bass, and um, we. Uh, came into it and we just uh, fused the language where we could um, uh, speak with each other mm -hmm. and try all the ideas and play what was in the atmosphere, play what we'd seen on the way to rehearsal, play what was going on in our lives. And so we developed a musical shorthand and that's really what brought that experience up to the level that it was. And, and, you know, and to have the, the, the album that we, that we did and uh for it to be impactful really um it means a lot 
means a lot. Whenever you're writing your music, and do you like think of a, a musician sometimes and maybe write more geared towards the, their strengths, or is it all just you? I'm always in the in the listening, and I think it's very, very important to hear uh, if I'm working with another artist to hear what it is that they want to say, mm -hmm. and then to embrace that. Um, I am definitely not interested in putting my sound and signature on everything that I do. Certainly, there's an approach that maybe people will reference as you know coming from from me and my orientation to music, but it's always about uh, serving the music first. And mm -hmm. also that means I really don't have a, a preference uh, uh, about whether the music is either, whether it's acoustic or whether it's electric, electronic. Mm -hmm. It's the It's the melodies first, it's the song, it's the verbiage, it's what's being said, and then that will dictate the instrumentation but it's always the 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 music the sound it has to serve the message that's coming through the song we were talking about our families before we got started and you have uh, a 22 year old yes one of the benefits of having kids is you kind of keep a connection to what what's going on i know we talked a little bit about that like yes. music wise, because I'd still be stuck in the seventies and eighties if it wasn't for my kids. <laughs> but yes. did did some of uh, some of that influence some of this music? Because it, it seemed like there was a, like electronic dance going on in, uh -huh. in uh, one of the mm -hmm. songs. Yeah, well, I I think um, this is where where I'm really coming from uh, because of my orientation in classical music and jazz and then the things that I have done in the uh progressive rock area mm -hmm. these are these are very very strong places for me I see that intersectionality and so I think of it in terms of I really think of this as like taking music and uh, respecting it and embracing it as fine art. It's fine art. And so that's where my devotion is. That's the energy I give to it to really to, to, to raise it to that level, whatever that may be, because we know that that's a that's a, you know, that's a dance of, of relativism there. But so it, it's at that place, but I see it through a pop culture sensibility. That pop culture sensibility is the relatable aspect, you know, so there's no uh, uh, of these, uh, there's, there's no elitism in it. There's nothing non-inclusive about it. Uh, it's really like an invitation to join in a conversation that can be opened by the music. I also notice like a, a lot of the artists that I talk to, they, mm -hmm. uh, they have, um, they have their way of making the music. They have their sound. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know how easy it would be to jump into the 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 pop music that's going on nowadays. Um, surely there there's that temptation, but yet you you stick to you without yes. can I say selling out? Right. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm a huge Kiss fan. Yeah, you yeah. never you never thought you'd ever hear them do a, a disco song, but they did. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think uh-huh. it kind of ticked some of the fans off. But uh-huh. uh, I mean, without that temptation, I mean, I mean, how do you keep from being tempted to just jump in and make a pop song and just to make money? Well, I think you actually, you know, that's just one of the aspects of um, industry. Uh, I think it's uh, really uh, on a fundamental level. I think that is just a reflex, uh, a reflexive response to the whole uh, process of commodifying something that's that is artistic. And so what type of support are you going to engender uh, through this commodification process? That's basically it. And so we have, you know, there are a group of people who uh, who make music because they're compelled to do it. And it's something that comes from a very, very deep place within them. Uh, there are others who, who love music equally as, as well, but they see it as a ticket to to make money. Right. You see, so that's the objective. Uh, you know, um, is it about saying something that relates to the um, the formation of a indestructible happiness? that comes from being able to relate to people and uh, from a place of empathy and empathy within our society, empathy within our dealings, uh, empathy within our negotiations between, you know, groups of people, governments, and that. And because we see that when that fails, um, it becomes the situation becomes problematic. There's no fix. There's no solution. So I think if you're in the mind of using your ability to affect solution and open people up to possibilities, um, your, um, your objectives change. And I think if you're natural about that, if you're really truthful about it, it will reach your natural audience. There is a natural audience for our our thoughts. I don't think we're so highly individualistic that we think in just a singular way and we're the only person. No, no, we are. There, there is a larger collective out there that um, we represent. I don't care how far the distance is that we that we are from each other physically there is that collective. So I think if we speak on that, which I would have to say like is the truth, it will be recognized by those. And then, um, you know, 
people observe that people people are drawn drawn to that is uh and i don't mean to bring me into the conversation here but i had a talk with a buddy of mine yesterday and mm-hmm. you know it's so easy to sell out per se um like with what i'm doing mm-hmm. um i have another buddy who's a comedian and it was kind of a joke for him when he first started uh, doing his little podcast. Mm-hmm. And if you talk about, you know, trashy things and whatever's controversial, man, you're going to get the subscribers and the views and all that. I mean, it's going to pile up and mm. he makes a lot of this stuff off the top of his head. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just to to be funny, but it's also part of the algorithm of YouTube mm-hmm. or some of these other platforms. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he he makes a lot of money doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm I am nowhere near the numbers he has, mm-hmm. but I'm I have an an objective here i'm trying to bring a little positivity into the world and absolutely trying to trying to inspire and motivate people Mm -hmm. and i could easily sell out and just start doing all that controversial stuff and of course just just to make the money but to me that's not being true to me i can't do that i'm i'm not that kind of person Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know to him i mean he's he's a comedian so that's mm-hmm. part of his world. Mm-hmm. It's not part of mine. Mm-hmm. And well, well, what I what I think is that you can. Uh, there are levels of social commentary that can be uh, initiated on a level of of shock just because of the boldness of what is being said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that what you are saying, you're talking about, you have some you you have a core value system that would not allow you to just go to that place um, to make, um, to make more money. Um, I think that those things uh, happen. I think when we, you know, see people, particularly people, you know, talk about being true to themselves and then of course they're competitive with themselves and pushing themselves uh, to that place um, once they've instinctively connected with that motivational center that gives them that connection with the you know the emotional drive that uh, what's they say it uh, inspires and motivates your psyche in a way so that you can push and go deeper into this thing about, that you want to communicate and what you want to share and that. And so we see oftentimes people who go to that place and avoid just that direct and maybe more commercial or obviously accessible place, they get to a place, they arrive at a place that's beyond their dreams. And there is a beyond the dream place because part of the artist's skill is that skill that allows that interior human feeling to move outward into the world and 
when that occurs, you're actually moving energy and that thing that you put there, it becomes relatable in an objective and subjective context, you see. So it's stimulating people, it, sh it shocks them, they're surprised, they might be offended, but what linger what lingers is they're thinking about things you see particularly if you if you are delivering your message in a in a constructive way you know and that's that's what i what i think i think that while uh, like music can't stop the the ugly things the 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 horrors that are occurring in the world but it can lead us you know to the practice of communicating better and with uh humanist to the point that it's it stimulates a constructive dialogue and i think that's where the healing that's where the betterment um occurs and i know that was probably like a roundabout uh journey to get <laughs> to that point uh, but i say it's cool for them but it may not be cool you know <laughs> yeah yeah you know? I mean, like I'm a huge fan of Frank Zappa. He uh -huh. did, he didn't care about getting into the top forty. He just cared about making his music. Yeah, uh -huh. and and he had he had the fan base. I mean, mm -hmm. the guy did definitely didn't hurt for money, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh -huh. but he did he didn't have that top ten hit. You know the right the the pop stuff that was going on. He could have easily done. It. I mean, he proved it. He wrote a song for his daughter and. It became a top forty hit with right. uh, Valley Girl, and that's true. So, so what we can say on that is, uh, Kyle, is that um, we just have to accept and know, like, see, we're 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 not all wired the same. Right, right. That's really <laughs> what that's that's really what it's about. Um, everyone might not um, perceive things with the same amount of depth that you do. And so, and then that's connected to your value systems, how you grew up, your orientation to the world and things that you have been working on, you know, to become a better person, which we do daily, you see? So, and, and so everybody is on a different track of that growth cycle and so i'm not going to even go so far as to call it say maturity i'm not going to say the m word maturity <laughs> i'm just saying we are we're growing i mean i think that uh yeah i think so and those things that we do that we recognize can actually make a difference they come in waves it's just a wave of it, you know? And so uh, I feel a, a part of a, of, of a wave at this point with uh, From the Vault um, notes for the future. These are thoughts and uh, concepts that I have held close to me for some time that I am, um, releasing into the world freely because this is where i am the the connectivity 
and those things. And so like for some for some ideas, if we just think about giving uh, ideas of persona, you can say that uh, for an idea to be being isolated can be a very positive experience for the idea because if it sits there and as, as it marinates it and it, it it gains strength and it can take on another um, sense of importance where you know that you have to express it and that is that's really where 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 I am um, it, it's got the the emotional imprints there's the memory there's the remembering and then there's the formation you know of this um better relating in this context of uh this very very needy world that we are just every time of day has sounds sounds everywhere street sounds sounds of nature sounds of every kind Sunsets are magnificent. They signal a change in the light of day and a time to reflect. However, dawn to me is more about hope and unfolding and affirmation. There's such optimism and awe to a sunrise and everyone experiences it differently. There can be a circle of people standing together and each one receives a different message from those first rays of light in the morning. The sky seems to roll and turn, and sometimes there's the sight of the moon in the early daylight. Dawn can be a mysterious beginning after the night, and then we have daydreams instead of the kind we experience while sleeping. like to do besides play your music um okay i'll tell you one of the things that i really in, enjoy and, and have like um say for the, the majority of my life uh i enjoy reading i've always been a big reader and i get so much from that uh the literary orientation to the world um you know i just began i just since i been a reader um how words can transport you from one place to another it can put you inside certain feelings on an experiential level that maybe you wouldn't get to if it was spoken to you because you're actually speaking those words inside of your own mind and so it is interest it is immediately interacting with your you know emotional memory and that's very very exciting you know and then you you know uh, you learn different names you learn different foods you learn different um cultural um uh traditions and that and then you you know you you, you see how it 
it, it becomes it's it's circular like the track that i one of the you know tracks on the the album the spinning circle i'm talking about that connectivity and we are in motion you know we're in motion until we say that we aren't in motion and so what are we doing with that and so for me it's about bringing ideas to the surface and expressing them in the most uh direct way i read a lot of uh non-fiction uh you know i'm sort of a, a history buff uh, certainly, I, I read a lot about the art experience. I read a lot. I've read quite a bit about writers and writing um, because there's really kind of like a dirge of um, composers speaking about composing. I think that the, you know, the art world is way ahead of the music world when it comes to um, explaining process. Um, and so I have read quite a bit, um, you know, certainly as a composer on writing and how you know that you are being consistent in honoring your original idea when you start to compose a piece, compose a song, and what are those kind of like those uh, touch points, you know, to keep you on track. So you might start with something and then you end up with something completely different and you lost and you diluted the idea that inspired you to write in the first place you know so that's something i'm very interested in um i i, I read a lot of biographies um and i would say you know and i am avoiding saying uh, what's my favorite book <laughs> but i but i am talking about major and minor influences and with that i would say like what sort of things move us through our phases of personal growth cycles. And when we think about that, I look about that in relationship to the larger society's rate of evolution. See, it's like your growth cycle might be different than what like the uh, social scientists would say. What I'm interested in and what I'm always trying to express through you know, my work as a composer, as a performer, recording artist, live performance is where it all comes together for me. And so I'm thinking about what are some of the barriers that music can address? You know, um, the things that are unsayable. And so when we do that, what do we do? We have to tune into the signpost. We tune into the signpost by just being aware how are uh, other people who may be experiencing life in a more dramatic and possibly even more devastating way, you know, uh, what is their response to that experience? And so I'm thinking about, okay, so again, what are some of the barriers that music can express? So to that, I would look at the the piece on the album that I wrote, which is him uh, for the hidden people. That's that's a wide. Uh, it's casting a wide net there, because people are hidden uh, in different ways, and so we're not talking about just a disenfranchised. Of course, we're speaking about 
um, the homeless, the people who are uh, impoverished um, psychologically because of whatever uh, issues they may have had in their lives early on that they have not been able to like to to deal with. Um, and I think that um, again, music has the power to cut through those things and to and allow people to release those emotional things that may be like very, very deeply embedded in their in in their bodies, in their minds that's entrapped there. And so um, I think about that in a very, very deep way. And so, we talk about the hidden people. There are people who could be in front of you, and you might think that you understand that person, but what's really going on inside has been very cleverly hidden. There's always been a percentage of our society um, who can who need the assistance of others. We read all yeah. of that. We read it in the the spiritual texts. We read it, you know, in the Greek text, we read it in, you know, what we understand of the Nubian culture in Africa. There's always been that percentage of the population that needed the assistance that could only um, exist with there being a dimension of, of, of empathy. And so we have to go more deeply into ourselves to uh, awaken that compassionate portion of ourselves and by that way, we are dealing with the overall, the mental health of yeah. our society as a whole, because we know what happens, like certain, you know, repressed feelings and things like that. It leads to what we call like uh, like uh, minor criminality, you know, uh, you know, personalities that are you know, insensitive, you know, uh, a, a meanness or just that, uh, I think even what's worse than that is indifference, you see? Indifference is really, really a, well, that's something, you know, and where does indifference live? Indifference lives in silence. I've had the um, great experience in, uh, of working, I worked with Maya Angelou, I recorded three things with her and we know, you know, that um, that was really at the core of her initial writing, you know, of uh, I know why the, the, the cage bird sings because her experience, she was silent and she didn't talk for three or four years. And what the art and the poetics and being inspired by someone who was compassionate it said, well, why don't you try poetry? Why don't you try to, you know, express this, that, and the other? And look at that. That was released. And, and she just, you know, just brought gifts to the planet from it. And so I think that we all come here, man, with, 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 with things to give to the planet. And that's what I see everywhere. Like, there are beloved people who really, really are concerned about the condition of our world. I can message that through the music, uh, you know, 
with the excitement of rhythms and colors and musical surprises and dealing with that intersectionality, dealing with creating a quilt where all sorts of people see themselves in it. And we, you know, we look around and say, wow, you know, like this is, you know, we're, we're, we're here, you know, in this together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I think that's, you know, there's my altruism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're all human beings. We all bleed the same. That's we right. are, we have to help one another and not find ways to separate us. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and that's what it is. So it's about the if anything within my the the music that I write, I think which is a consistent theme of everything that I've done um since the beginning of my my career is this it's that unifying impulse. Yeah. Yeah. And and I believe in the differences man, I don't want you to disappear. And because I, I have to say, like, I don't believe in this whole melting pot concept. I believe in, and I've said this before, I believe in the salad bowl. There's lettuce in there, love lettuce. There are tomatoes, maybe some cucumbers. There's bell pepper. There's bean sprouts. There's arugula. There's purple cabbage. And, and that, those elements work together but this whole melting down man why would i want why would you want to melt down who you are kyle i don't want to melt down who i am i want to come in i want to come into a space man where everybody is representing and that's cool that that's what enlivens it that's where that's what we recognize the creative impulse the creativity happens with that with that collision of experiences man and and that thing that uh in engenders a sense of awareness and a knowledge of um how important the individual is to the progress and the continuation of the human spirit i've always said that if everybody was the same this world would be boring absolutely but that's why my marriage, I think, works so well. We do have a lot in common. Yes, we do. But my wife brought so much into my life that I've never experienced before. And it's it's influenced me in so many ways. Now, absolutely. do, do I enjoy all the things she enjoys? Of course not. And vice mm-hmm. versa. Right. But I, I can at least say, hey, I've, I've got to experience this and yeah, I, it, I it, it brought, it's broadening your it's broadening the horizons exactly you know and yeah and that's beautiful you broaden the high horizons and that creates the peace you see mm-hmm. peace it creates the peace inside of you uh because you have a, a wider understanding and it creates peace again in our very needy world has there been any hurdles in your life that you've had to overcome, whether it's, you know, your, your life in general or music, I leave it up to you. Yeah. I think that the, um, the hurdle that I hurdles that I've had to overcome, uh, I think were just a part of those in my growth cycle. Um, I think that's it. Um, 
just broadening my outlook on on the world, a sense of time. I think that um, I kind of get lost in the whole area of solitude. Uh, and but, but solitude is not um, loneliness. But there is a, a certain dimension of solitude that occurs, certainly with just the whole practice of creating um, music, creating art, um, composing, preparing to perform and just learning in general. So I think of anything, it's just been developing a a dimension of relationship, uh, which I actually enjoy. And I and I would, would hope that people don't see that like, man, but that's something that he really had to work on. You know, I hope that I'm in a in a, in a relatable state. You know, say like his, his ideas were, are, are are great, but the but he needs to work on the delivery. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Do you uh, have a website? Yes, I do. I will put that in the description. But uh, what, what is the website? My website is toddcochran.com and i you know i have a wikipedia page and right yes I, what about social media social i'm on uh facebook todd cochran music mm -hmm. and which is connected of course to instagram i don't tweet that much i may i may start more um it's an interesting format it's it's you know it's shifting but um i think it's wonderful i think you created a, a great uh, dialogue the album no that it hasn't come out yet um no but it is but it is available you know you can access it the um the physical copies have not been released yet but it is available on spotify in uh, apple music okay and i will put those links up as well yes and, uh, great and and when did you say that the uh, the physical copies come out? Um, they will be out later this month. Later this month. Wow. Yes, which is the month of June. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, Mr. Cochran, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the show. And I look forward to your future projects. Please come back on as soon as you, you have something else come out. I certainly will. It's been a pleasure talking Thank to you. you. Yes, and all Thank the best you. to you. Yeah, this is really, really, really great. It's about connectivity. That is right. That is right. And I also want to thank all you folks out there. If you are new to the channel, I hope you'll come back. Please hit that subscribe button for my regulars. You guys are awesome because you make it possible for me to do this. Until the next one, everyone, please take care. Be kind to one another. God bless and... Peace.